Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to an episode of the Wojo Walkthrough. A little bit of housekeeping before we get into things for this episode. We are wrapping up on sweatshirt sales and we're uh, moving on to uh, more items that are better uh, fit for the summer season. Uh, the merch is great. It's, it's really a good product. Uh, the people love it. Wojo. I love the merch. It's great. I wear it everywhere. Yeah, uh, Nathan, please. You haven't been properly introduced. Listen, Woj, the people know me. Uh, but now that we got that out of the way, I'd like to introduce Kaz Muskie, who is the city administrator for Clintonville. Thanks for Thank being here. Thank you guys here. for having me. I'm excited to be here. And then uh, we have Nathan Shalai, who is a returning guest to the platform. Yeah, thanks for having me here, man. The city administrator, uh, to think of a description of it, is to fulfill the needs for a city in a way. Uh, what interested you in becoming uh, a city administrator? So definitely being a leader. So I've been a leader my whole life. I've uh, been involved in sports uh, since very, very young age. And I've always been the one to kind of lead the pack. Mm -hmm. And I started, I actually went to college in Louisiana as a college athlete. So I was a track runner, jumper, sprinter. Oh. And uh, naturally, I transitioned to the health and fitness industry. And so I did that for a couple of years. It was a natural transition. Very um, easy to understand the way the body works, what you need to feed your body, what you need to do to maintain a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I graduated from undergrad, moved back to Texas, and I worked at a couple different facilities, and one of my former clients was a chief of police. Meanwhile, I was kind of getting bored, monotonous of the health and fitness industry, and I wanted to change. And so the chief of police knew my marketing background, communication skills, right. and offered me a, a civilian position as their, to help uh, advance their community policing mm -hmm. efforts. And so I took the position that was my foot in the door to local government. Before then, I didn't even know there was federal, state, local. I had no idea the different levels of government. Right. So I learned a lot, fell in love with the profession, got a couple promotions under my belt at that city, started my master's program, decided I really want to lead the charge in local mm. government. I kind of thought about uh, clerk work, but then I kind of ran into some issues with different leaders and I felt like we needed better leadership. And so mm. it kind of inspired me to say, let me be at the top of these organizations. Let me be a city manager, city administrator. What, what do you think is a certain skill it takes? So communication is huge. Right. So being able to trust and communicate with the hired professionals. Mm -hmm. So I'm a generalist in the sense of we have a, an amazing police chief, which you've had on this show. Mm -hmm. We have an amazing clerk treasurer, uh, finance, utility finance director, amazing parks and rec, uh, right. public works director. So all these professionals that are hired that I have to communicate with on a daily basis to make sure their operations are taken care of. Yeah. So I'm kind of the behind the scenes master making sure that they have all the tools right. that they need to properly run their operations. Where do you think that skill came from? Or how do you think you developed it? So I think leadership, leading right. different groups, whether that be on the uh, basketball court, whether that's in the boardroom, wherever, just mm -hmm. bringing people together, finding their skill, skill sets and um, empowering them to really shine at what they're good at mm -hmm. in the different aspects of that team. Right. So, Kaz, you were uh, born and raised in Texas, correct? Yes. Yep. So, and a uh, tragedy took place there uh, in your home state this week. What do you think this tragedy means to America? It's very sad. Um, 
I actually don't watch the news very often, however. Why is that? Because sometimes there's a lot of negativity okay. that's yeah. portrayed yeah. in the media. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I, and, and I think that's what gravitates me towards local government because you have a little bit, I don't want to say yeah, more control over your community, but you have a lot more influence. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is you can easily get stuck in this negative rut by constantly being fed negative media, whether mm -hmm. that be whatever, you can name anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I like to curate the content that I'm seeing on a yeah. daily basis. And unfortunately, sensational media is kind of the winner, whether it's super, super negative or whatever. People mm -hmm. feed on that and it's right. kind of a, uh, a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. So for me, uh, I actually didn't really hear about this event until yesterday, just overhearing some different conversations. I think it is a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. and. I can only imagine not only what the teachers experienced, the students experienced, but these families and, and the loss of these families and, and the future effect that the people that lived through this will have to carry on for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a very, very uh, terrible, terrible Hopefully thing. Hopefully there's a, there's a way to uh, move forward from this where uh, it hopefully it doesn't happen again. Definitely. I think the, the biggest kind of common topic that comes to mind is mental health and mm -hmm. making sure that uh, you're taking care of your mental health and mm -hmm. what that looks like is different for every person. Mm -hmm. And I think that is why this, this is so challenging yeah. is because yeah. what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for another mm -hmm. and trying to navigate through something that can't be a one size fits all right. solution is, mm -hmm. is going to be very challenging. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Um, it can't be a one size fits all solution. I mean, as you said, everyone's different. What can you, what can you do? Mm -hmm. You know? Right. But getting back to, uh, as being a city administrator and when it comes to your vision for this town, w w what is it? So I think this community is a gem and I fell in love with it on my recruit visit. There was snow on the ground. It was like this little Hallmark town that you see on uh, the Hallmark channel. Um, and it was it was just phenomenal. And I see so much potential here. Not only the the structure, the buildings, the, the town itself, but the people. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much potential here if we only just realize the potential and then work together to move forward this place would be even more phenomenal than it already is. Well, Texas is a long way from here. So what what, what, what specifically brought you here? So career. Uh, yeah. I felt that, so this is the fourth city I've worked for. And when I was in Texas, uh, I just felt like I was not getting the mentorship and the support that I wanted nor deserved. Okay. So I had a frank conversation with my husband and I said, are you open to us moving out of state for me applying jobs out of state? And thankfully he supported that thought. Uh, honestly, I didn't think I would ever leave Texas ever mm -hmm. again. I thought I would live there for the rest of my life. Um, never thought I would live somewhere cold, but yeah. um, anyway, I applied to a couple different states and um, specifically that next advancement closer to my dream job, which is city administration, city management. Mm -hmm. And it ended up being Clintonville. Question, was this your first time being around snow? <laughs> yes, this is the first time I've ever seen snow.
snow is wow. when I moved to Wisconsin. What yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's yeah. awesome. Uh, I really think there's some psychology behind, you know, when you're from a certain place and you're experienced a certain place over and over again, you don't appreciate it maybe as much. And so for me, I'm like starlight, deer in the headlights, seeing all the yeah. the seasons here, the snow, the, yeah. the foliage on the trees in the autumn. You know, there's no seasons in Texas. So right. it's it's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And all I think about is how I have to wipe it off my truck the next morning. <laughs> yeah, you just wait until those blizzards come. But I mean, it's, yeah, it's something else. If you like snowmobiling or anything like that, it's... Uh, it's fun for some and very cold for others. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to this vision, what does it look like business-wise? Business-wise. So definitely there's always a shift um, in communities. And what I mean by that is assuming that a, a community is stagnant is, is kind of naive. You should always see the dynamic of different industries. So you think about the era of cars. You think about the era of the Internet and how our community has to evolve around mm -hmm. the way the world is. Mm -hmm. So probably late 90s, early 2000, there was a there was an emphasis on the um, industrial park. Mm -hmm. So getting a bunch of industrial businesses. And now, you know, we, we have a wonderful presence of industrial businesses from yeah. Seagrave to Walker Forge to right. Creative Converting, these, these big players in the industrial world. Now there's kind of a shift of more of these smaller, smaller mom and pop shops, mm -hmm. like trying to revitalize downtown, bring these small shops in. Mm -hmm. uh, a cool business that just started. They don't have a storefront yet. Hopefully, eventually they'll get there. But we have a roaster, a coffee roaster here in Clintonville. Mm -hmm. It's called Mile 22 that makes their own coffee that you yeah. can buy in Econo Foods. So these small niche businesses are starting to pop up here in Clintonville mm -hmm. that you would have never even thought about, but it's just the different climate and the different eco ecosystem that's created. Do you think that uh, when it comes to the industrial industry, do you think that holds the most importance to this town business wise? So I, from a historical standpoint, absolutely. So Seagrave from a historical standpoint is huge. The yeah. four wheel drive technology started It influenced here in the, you know, the truckers, you know, for the name yeah. of the school. And our airport actually was created a byproduct of them needing another mode of transportation. Mm -hmm. So if you know Delta Airlines, a couple mergers back, it was North Central Airlines, which started here in Clintonville and they needed it to move product. Four wheel drive needed to wow. move product definitely geared towards yeah. the military which you can appreciate of course uh we do think that'll be the reigning sector in clinton i think that's going to be the most prominent anchor for our community because yeah. i think that's how we were founded i think mm -hmm. we started with the industrial revolution essentially and then we've small farms to big industry mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now i guess talking about these mom and pop shops <clears throat> the past you know maybe five ten years in clintonville downtown was very empty businesses were closing their doors it was just a mess and then covid hit part of your job i guess is how do we get 
more businesses to come to the great city of Clintonville? Like, how do, you know, how do you convince businesses to come here? And I guess that may not just fall on you and various other roles. It's definitely a collaborative effort for sure. So we have a wonderful chamber director, Emily Grosskreit. I'm not sure if you guys have met her, but definitely encourage you to invite her on the podcast. She has a great, great, great story. She was one of those businesses. She had a flower shop and unfortunately COVID took her business out in downtown Clintonville. So she's a great story to tell. But Essentially, it's these community leaders creating an environment where it makes it easy to start a business. Mm -hmm. So open communication and the willingness to work with these entrepreneurs to come to our community to create a space, whether that's literally just finding them a location, um, a lease agreement, a building to purchase, or navigating through something as simple as yesterday, Emily and I had a conversation with a gentleman. He's actually a teacher at the school and he's potentially wanting to open a restaurant and bar with his wife. So navigating through the, the liquor license, you know, these these yeah. complicated process and, and trying to bring the answers to these entrepreneurs mm-hmm. to make it easier to transition. So the harder and the more barriers that we put as the government, then the less likely somebody's going to want to start a business here. So it's very important for us to create this less red tape situation where it's I have an idea and you create the business. So making mm-hmm. it streamlined. Because yeah, if you think about Clinville, we do have a lot of green space mm-hmm. and that's attractive for businesses. Uh, what do you think are other variables that would be specifically attractive for businesses? Would it be, you know, the, the community, maybe the housing? Uh, is there certain other factors that specifically a business would look at? Yeah, definitely. So housing is a huge one. And mm-hmm. that's one that we uh, actually is not unique to us, but a lot of communities are seeing a, a pressure from. Um, one of the surrounding communities recently took some industrial land and rezoned it to residential. So that's some conversations that we're actually having internally about taking some of our industrial land. We have this great established industrial business footprint it doesn't seem like we're getting more at this time. So the need looks to be housing. So could we take some of that industrial land that's not getting used, that we have infrastructure already ran to, water, Mm -hmm. utilities, and rezone that and repurpose it for housing? So that creative thinking and going back to the philosophy of being dynamic versus stagnant, your community changes and you have to evolve with the needs that the community has at the time and what was needed 50 years ago is completely different than today when it comes to today compared to you know 50 years from now big word comes to mind technology right Mm -hmm. do you think it's ever possible a technology sector could or is there a technology Uh, not that i'm aware of um but there could be i mean i i'm i would guarantee that not very many people know that we have a podcast here in Clintonville, which is phenomenal. Um, So I I think there could be some things that we haven't necessarily tapped into. I think the, you know, the, the positive thing that came out of the COVID is that you can literally work anywhere in the world and run a business. And so, you know, having conversations with different people, um, some random places in in Wyoming or Idaho that's historically just super rural is now creating little tech hubs because people know that they they can go literally anywhere. Mm -hmm. And what a great place here in Clintonville where you can raise a family, not have to beat traffic every day and run your business. 
Well, um, I guess within the past few years, you know, COVID and various other factors, um, there have been groups of families that have been leaving this town. And, you know, I guess, what are your thoughts on how to attract good, productive families and citizens to come to this community and build? Or to rephrase, does more business bring more people? That is a good point. So is it the chicken before the egg? (laughs) So, you know, there's everything affects everything. Um, So, you know, we could look at more housing, but then if we get more housing, are they commuting or do we have enough jobs here? So it's, it's really, and you know, me being here for only two and a half years, it's something I'm still learning and trying to figure out what makes sense. Housing is a big one. Uh, It seems like the location that we're in we could definitely house more people that commute so somebody that wants to work in appleton or green bay wants to live in a small community but doesn't want to live in the big city this would be a perfect location for that demographic do you think that could be a problem vice versa where people uh working in clintonville but living in appleton or green bay absolutely yes so here's a here's a prime example of what you just described so seagrave there which i think every industry every business is in need of workers of employees Mm -hmm. and seagrave specifically needs more workers so what they're doing because they've tapped out this area this demographic area because they're competing with Merriam body so they're doing the the same type industrial work Mm -hmm. and they have this the same geographical area to pull employees from so what they're having to do is create a small satellite shop in Wausau to to tap into another population to get more workers Mm -hmm. to help run their business so you know just conversations with emily at the chamber we really do feel strongly that housing should be a priority so that's something that we're really looking into we've had a couple of conversations with different developers Mm -hmm. obviously when you're talking to developers they want incentives so what does that look like and we're not going to get into the weeds of what that looks like uh, but tid districts is a huge tool which tid district is tax increment districts that then creates tiff which is tax increment financing and what that is essentially in the the most watered down way is you get this business in this geographical area and they they create assessments sort of like community investment yes so they so every property is is assessed and and based on that assessment you get tax value based Uh, on the percentage percentage of investment or excuse Mm -hmm. me assessment so the the idea like for instance we have a tid number i want to say eight we have some apartment complexes Mm -hmm. that are supposed to break ground this year finalized next year and their first complex which i believe was 28 units they created x number of investment and then we give them so much of a of a um incentive based on that assessment so they have to create this value for us to give them this this dollar amount mm-hmm. and okay. and because they're 100 full they're going to be expanding into that tid district and if they create that same amount of value then we'll give them some more incentives but mm-hmm. the beauty of of tid finance and tiffs is that it protects the city we we agree to give you this incentive but you have to pull your weight and create this assessment right. if that makes sense so, okay. so that's one yeah. tool that we would be able to utilize 
incentivized for a developer to come in and not only obviously sell their housing units, whatever that looks like, but then get an incentive on top of that that sell of product. Right. Okay. I see. And I, I do really agree with how Seagrave really tapped out this community for workers because a lot of uh, classmates of mine uh, this past year in high school have been uh, taking the afternoon off to go work at Seagrave. They do the internship there. Yeah, yeah, like quite a few. And uh, they they do make good money there, and I bet they have good experience. And uh, it's just, but that's just an example of what all Seagrave's trying to do to get more workers. A lot of creative thinking, outside the box thinking. When it comes to uh, where is Clinville at in regards to attracting new people that isn't directly related to industry, like factors such as like education, public safety? So I think the different sectors, like we'll take, we'll stay in the public sector. We'll talk about the school district. I think with the new leadership with Troy Kuhn, which is the new superintendent, I think he's doing a great job of trying to attract teachers. So teachers is a high demand yeah. profession. Um, so I think with surrounding communities that might not have the best culture or atmosphere, we're trying to pull those from different districts to try mm-hmm. to get these awesome teachers to come work at our school. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, some sort of example. But I think I think we have a, a affordable living. So I think if we can if we can increase the inventory of housing options, I think that's going to bring a, a decent amount of people to the community. When it comes to factors such as public safety, what, 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 do you, what would you rank Clinville at? Because I obviously, uh, me living in Clinville, I know it's a safe place, but uh, would you, I guess if you could compare it to Texas maybe in a way, what was, what was the differences or similarities with, with public safety in Texas? So my husband is actually a police officer for the city of Wapaka. Yeah. Um, and he went from a agency that was daytime population of over 200 K <laughs> to the city of Wapaka. That's, you know, maybe 7,000. <laughs> um, so it's definitely slower paced here. Um, yeah. even here in Clintonville. Yeah. So I think, I think the beauty of uh, the small towns here in Wisconsin, which by the way, the average municipality size is a thousand people. So that's the yeah. average. Um, and it's pretty safe in yeah. Wisconsin for the most part, I yeah. think. And then to specific to the city of Clintonville, which you've had Chief Freitag on this podcast, he's phenomenal. Yeah. He's a great asset. Mm-hmm. He's doing wonderful things. Also I great think. Communication. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I think that the the old regime leadership of the city of Clintonville very much focused on the crime, which they do always, 24-7. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of what Chief is doing is he's focusing on the community policing aspect. Mm-hmm. So creating those relationships with different community members. So not only do you feel safer in your community, but you feel more inclined to say, hey, I think there's a problem. I feel right. comfortable coming to you. Let's talk through yeah. it. Not just a stranger. Correct. Yeah. Just an example are proving that is you both accepting to be on this podcast and just having a conversation about, you know, who you are and what you do. It just uh, it, it's, it's a testament to that you want to connect with your community. Right. You're not just here for the job, but you're here to. Like you said, you're here to kind of take charge and kind of really make a change. Mm-hmm. So, I will say this is first time I have met you. Um, I know Wojo has met you before here, and I I just gotta say you are very positive thinking. And you know, compared to the other leaders that Clintonville has had in the past, uh, just 
your uh, breath of fresh air. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I think, I think, unfortunately, our community has been through a lot. Just the turnover yeah. in leadership, the negativity, and yeah. honestly, that's that's the main thing that I'm most attuned to is making sure that we're creating a very positive atmosphere to live, mm-hmm. work, and play. Right. So making sure that every encounter that not only myself. Not only the team, the team I have at City Hall and surrounding departments, but my elected officials that every single interaction is a good one. And not necessarily every topic or discussion is going to be positive, mm-hmm. but at least they know we'll listen and yeah. have that conversation and open dialogue right. and talk through different issues. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there's a feeling of mistrust and a feeling of neglect from some community members, unfor- unfortunately, but yeah, rightfully so. And you have that everywhere. Yeah. Yep, and so I think it's it's very important. So an opportunity like today to be on this podcast and, and talk with you guys today mm-hmm. and, and talk about our community is great. And, yeah. and, and, and I appreciate what you're doing because I think not only is it real cool to have a podcast, but I think we're having these dialogues and we're talking about yeah. the place we live. And, and that's a wonderful and, thing. And, you know, kind of, I think I notice a lot of people, especially my age, instead of really approaching uh, a subject to learn about it, they instead complain about it. Uh, for example, social media. They'll take what somebody else said and they'll stand behind it. And uh, I think the re- the best way to kind of uh, educate yourself on important subjects is to actually sit down with somebody who knows who they're ta- what they're talking about and uh, hear their opinion and have that build on to your own, you know? And... Uh, I think that's why podcasts are important because a lot of people these days, you don't, you don't have a conversation with them over 10 minutes without them pulling out their phone, looking at it, or, you know, it's just, I think it's just extremely important to have that face-to-face interaction because it's 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 rare, to be honest, uh, compared to how it was 20 years ago. I guess the question is, do you notice, how, how much do you notice technology intertwining with your job? And do you think it, it will grow. Oh, absolutely. So every day there's something new. I'm a millennial and there are days where I'm like, I need to be good at this because yeah. I'm a millennial. Yeah. But yet uh, things change so fast. Just something as simple as, as Facebook. I mean, that was maybe the third social media platform in my growing up mm-hmm. and, and and it's changed already. And right. it's just uh, something that I have to remind myself to continue to learn because things are different. I don't have a Snapchat. That's one thing that I don't have. But I think I, think I need to remember to try to uh, continue to educate myself and utilizing these tools. I mean, obviously... Um, the beauty of social media is you can it, it's a it could be a double-edged sword so oh, yeah. you know you you try to get out in front of certain things um mm-hmm. for instance we the city we've been trying to build different relationships with different entities such as the lake district so we have a lake district here so the pigeon river pigeon lake yeah. there's a taxing entity that collects taxes mm-hmm. for the betterment of the body of water yeah And uh, with the climate changes that we've had recently, the warmer weather, there's this, it's called a koi virus thing that comes into the water and it affects the the carp. Mm -hmm. And so it takes out a bunch of carp. Well, you see these dead fish in the water and the last thing you 
you as a community member want to think is, oh, our dead fish, the water's horrible. You're going to die. Don't touch it. But really, it's just like a natural occurring thing. And so I had a conversation with the the Lake District president, uh, John uh, John Paul, who also is another person that you would want on your podcast. Um, He's phenomenal. Um, He so he's preparing a press release to educate the public, to let them know that there's nothing wrong with the water. There's just this natural occurring virus that happens when the warmer water occurs. You can swim in it. it. My son, so I actually live on on the water and my son has been in the water three times this year so far. And he he hasn't lost a leg. He hasn't grown a third eye. I mean, Um, imagine if that was more utilized though. Oh, I know. A a boat casino on there? um, (laughs) I don't know how much you know about the pigeon pond, but um, it was a waste dump pretty much for industrial industries um, for many years. And it really, uh, my father is actually part of this uh, lake board um, you were talking about here um, a few years back. What and, was your uh, father's name? Chris Schley. Okay, I don't think I met him. Um, anyways, uh, uh, just talking about that, you know, it would be nice to see the pond get back to being clean and being you know, a place where, yeah, people want to go out and boat or fish. Or, so the thing you know, is, it is clean, though, but the perception of it is, it isn't. The perception. So this was one thing that I personally wanted to work towards when I first came on board. Obviously, in my former role, I oversaw uh, the airport and public works. So one of the operations in public work, works is maintaining the dam levels. So that was something that kind of was my introduction to the Lake District. Mm-hmm. And I felt that it's a wonderful, wonderful resource that we have here yeah, that I course. feel like yeah. has been neglected and has a very negative rap sheet, uh-huh. unfortunately. Um, John Paul, he is the newest president. He was elected, I think, this year for the Lake District, and he is a phenomenal leader. They are very much headed in the right direction to change that narrative. They're going to go through a master plan. So there's actually a public input meeting that's coming up next month, I believe in July. Um, I'm more than happy to share that date with you guys. I I just don't have it on the top of my head. But anyway, it's going to take the community coming together and realizing the value of this resource and, and getting it where people don't feel like right. you're going to. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's and that's super important for our community. I think because our community has been through so much negativity with our leadership, we have this very negative perception of us. Like what I mean by that is we need to fall back in love with ourselves and our community so we can understand the value of what we have here. So like kind of to the point where if you're just saying Clintville's uh excuse my friends, a shitty town, it's it's part of the 100, problem. 100%. That's mm-hmm. exactly it. Um yeah. you know for me there was a saying uh in the army that I was told by uh one of my NCOs, not commissioned officer. And it was, regardless of what unit you were in, make it the best. And I feel like people in this community need to, okay, you know what, yeah, we have problems, but we need to make it the best because this is our town. We need to make it the best we can. We can only move forward. We we can only move Forward. forward. Absolutely. And Hayden, kind of to an earlier comment that you had made with individuals having concerns or issues and either just complaining about it, complaining about it, writing about it on social media. 
do something about it. And what I mean by that, you have options. We take action. Our government entities for a reason. So come, Hayden's actually spoke at one of our council meetings, yeah. which is phenomenal. Yeah. So use that that exercise of, of being a citizen and a constituent and having a conversation with our elected mm-hmm. officials or our professional staff. Mm-hmm. And let's talk through it. If you see an issue, there might be either a misunderstanding or there could be something we're missing. And that's okay. But unless we have those conversations, then nothing changes. Mm-hmm. This is why I will stay in local government yeah. and I will not in- advance to any other level. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I wouldn't even call it advancement because I think it, it creates more and more barrier well, between Yeah, I feel like we community. all, like all the actual people that are, you know, like you that are fit to run this job and are fit to lead the community, you know, we all have you in the local small areas, but we actually need you, you know, running the world here while we have a whole bunch of, you know, kind of goons, I feel like doing it. But I, I feel I do that. feel like that's true, though. You see a lot of people with, you know, who take the the sense of the job rather than the job. Uh, they, they put more value into the effect it has rather than just kind of clocking in and clocking compared out. to past leadership like being out and having a presence in the community going to events so, and being uh, being a part of it whereas in the past it was mm-hmm. oh that's our city administrator i never you know you it's know what the, i mean and i think to kind of circle back to your thought process of either being a um public servant or working in the private sector the difference yeah. is this is not for the lighthearted. We get complaints on a daily basis. And then maybe yeah. the hundredth interaction, we might get a, a praise. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're in it for the accolades or the praising or the uh, awards, you will not be happy. And if you're in it for the pay, you will not be happy. It is literally about serving your community. Mm-hmm. And that's what gets us up in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'd love to be on this again. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, Memorial Day is coming up. Uh, you guys got any plans for that? I will be going Facebook Live for the city at our memorial event at Graceland Cemetery at 9 a.m. on Monday. Mm. So we'll have a little ceremony that we do uh, to honor our veterans and uh, memorialize them. Then we'll have a parade. I think Embarrass has a little ceremony that's part of the bigger picture. So that's, that's great. What I'm doing. Well, uh, now nah, I'm just getting ready to leave here uh, for my military job training coming up. So getting ready, packing up, uh, gonna go and spend some time with the family up at the lake, and uh, you know, just enjoy it. So this is the second time you're leaving for the summer, right? Correct. Um, last year, as uh, some of you uh, who may know me on the podcast, um, I left for basic training this past summer. Um, for the army and uh this summer um now that i graduated high school i have to go back for job training um as a 12 november so has, dirt it, pusher, has anything glorified with your dirt thoughts pusher. or your opinions changed with the military since you last spoke on uh the no yeah. um i love it yeah it's a job and next to that being a job it's uh something i'm proud to do and it's a uniform i'm proud to wear Right. And, uh, folks, just to kind of wrap up here, we are uh, getting to the end here of these sweatshirt sales, so make sure to grab a limited edition Wojo Walkthrough sweatshirt. comes in blue, gray, or black. Uh, once again, thank you, folks, very much, and uh, have a good night.